This is Love What I Love, a podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Masha and Andy, and this week we're talking about Legally Blonde. is a comedy that follows a fashion merchandising major and sorority girl, Elle Woods, who attempts to win back her boyfriend by becoming a Harvard Law student. This film was released in the summer of 2001, and it was an immediate hit grossing at 141 million bucks. Damn. And really established Reese Witherspoon as a major star, this being her first studio film. Or wait, this being her first lead role in a major studio film. All right. I know she had been in stuff before. Yeah, I was like, but this was like her as a lead lead. I was like, one of my favorite uh, Reese Witherspoon movies came out two years before this, and she was the co lead of that. Well, yes, and I can talk a little bit about that journey of the spoon. Exactly. All right. So this film was directed by Australian filmmaker Robert Lukatic. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, mate. You'll know some of his films. He is known for 21, starring Kevin Spacey. Oh, the card movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that. He he directed that movie. He also directed Monster-in-Law and Killers. Uh, I heard of those. I've never seen them. Yeah. Have you seen them? Um, I've seen 21. I saw Monster-in-Law... Um, not a huge fan, but I'm also not a fan of movies where like there's a constant problem. Yeah, yeah, we, we, you've, you've made that clear. <laughs> <laughs> there's a constant. Uh, <laughs> can't even just everyone take a break halfway through a movie. Yeah, just can we just have sh- a good time? Shout it out. <laughs> but anyway, Legally Blonde stars, of course, Reese Witherspoon, Luke Wilson, Selma Blair, Matthew Davis, Victor Garber, Jennifer Coolidge, and some. Additional cast members include Holland Taylor, Ali Larder, Linda Cardellini, and Mooney. Mooney. Yes. So Mooney is the name of Elwood's dog in the movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Mooney. Like, even Paul Mooney. I was like, what? <laughs> I kid you not, Mooney has his own Wikipedia page. I believe it. And Has he played other dogs in movies, or is this his breakout role? This was or his, her. Is it a her or he? It's a he. Ah. This was his pretty much his breakout role. He went on to do other things, <laughs> uh, including starring. Piss on hydrants and uh, <laughs> sniff dogs' butts. And, uh, one of the Listen, great things he's a legit dog actor, trailblazer for chihuahuas. <laughs> this is serious, Andy. All right. And you know, I questioned it during the film last night. I remember that I always wondered if Mooney was the same dog that starred in the Taco Bell commercials. Oh, was he? No, but they lived together. Oh, my God. <laughs> the so, fuck is going on here? So, Gidget is the star <laughs> is is the star we know as a Taco Bell chihuahua. I feel like you're describing me one of the reality shows you watch. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know what. Gidget's living in the one room. Uh-huh. They're getting fights. What's going up? LOL. So, Gidget was a lady. Uh-huh. She was the mascot for taco bell for all of those years all right she actually made an appearance in legally blonde 2 as mooney's mother <laughs> wow so was mooney also in legally blonde 2 yes so legal yes of course i know so, the dog was but i didn't know if the same dog actor was yeah 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 mooney yeah. i knew the dog character was i seen the poster oh sorry mooney's the 
the name of the actual dog. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I was saying it was Mooney in the second one, or was there a different dog playing the character? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Mooney. Mooney. Yeah. Mo- they brought him back? They brought him back. He didn't ask for too much to come back? No, he no. Didn't, his sequel price didn't go up too I, high? I think he, you know... <laughs> Was reasonable with the budget. <laughs> what the fuck we're talking about? But I mean, sadly, Mooney p- did pass away in 2016. That, yeah. Oh, but what a damn! Great... Re- 2016. Yeah. I think dogs of that size don't live that long. No. That's crazy. Yeah, he was born in 98. 90. <laughs> That's what. Uh, he's working. <laughs> That's insane. I know. How did his little heart go on for so long? Oh, I don't know. I had like a 19-year-old growing up. Our golden retriever was like 19, and that was like crazy. Yeah, yeah. But this guy's going 98 to 2016? Well, when you're making the kind of money that Mooney's making, it doesn't, what is... you have a different lifestyle, <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. live longer than other dogs. <laughs> yeah, a nutritionist and a, and a workout. Exactly. Is this the research you were doing all morning? <laughs> you were just looking up how Mooney lived? I mean, it's... It's, it's a cast member. <laughs> exactly, an important <laughs> cast member. All right. All right. I'll let you have your, your Mooney. I, I didn't expect to spend so much time talking oh, about do- Mooney. You got two paragraphs. Uh, all right. Yeah, so that's that's a wrap on Mooney. Yep. We love Mooney. So Legally Blonde is based on a novel of the same name, which was something I learned. I did not know that. Mm. Yeah, but, I didn't know that either, actually. I saw it in the opening credits, and I was like, oh, I have no idea. Yeah. It was written by Amanda Brown, who was inspired to write a book based on her own experience um, at Stanford Law School. Mm. As a blonde, and she herself was fashion obsessed, so she tried to insert some of her experiences in this story, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Was she like looked down upon by the snooty Stanforders for her blondness? Essentially, yeah, yeah. I have some specific stories too nice. that I'll try and sprinkle in. You know, I there's a lot to talk about. I think today in this film, <laughs> I think you even said that this was the most notes you've ever taken. Yeah, I, I had a lot of <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of weird random thoughts while watching the movie. So I can, I really can't wait to hear them. But a great place to start out is talking about what you know about or what you knew about Legally Blonde, having not ever seen this movie before, which is crazy. To me. <laughs> I mean, it's not crazy knowing that you're not. This isn't really a kind of movie that you'd go for. Yeah. But let I love know. coming from the person who's never seen so many famous movies to be like, it's crazy that you missed this <laughs> yeah. while you were snoozing it's, on everything. It's a cultural moment. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess it is because I do remember very vividly when it came out. Like, I was, what, 2001, so I was 11. Yeah. Yeah, I remember all the marketing. It was crazy. Like, all the, I guess, I guess I was about to be going into middle school. But mm-hmm. yeah, I remember all, like, the girls in school loved the movie. They all talked about it and everything. All the girls in the locker. Yeah. At the at their lockers. Yeah. And the main things I would just remember are just pink outfits and the dog, Mooney. I just remembered <laughs> that dog and all the marketing. Yeah. It was always and then there was like the like six like famous lines that were like the trailer lines. Uh-huh. That even when we were watching this movie, I was like, Oh, here comes that line. I, that's ingrained in my memory because I saw the trailer a thousand times in two thousand one. Yep. Like the Harvard, you, Harvard Law. And she's like, what? Like, it's hard? You know, like <laughs> I forgot what the other ones are, but they'll probably come up as we talk. Yeah. Bruiser like, is the dog's name oh, in the movie. In the movie. Sorry. The name I was Bruiser? A... Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it's because he's a small dog. It's funny. Right. Because he's not bruising anybody. Yep. In case you need the joke explained. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I pretty much got the premise based on probably just the trailer and even the title alone. Because I'm sure the tagline was like, look out, Harvard. Here she comes or something. Oh. <laughs> Probably. So, yeah. I kind of want to look that up to see <laughs> One of my notes was, looks and brains, look out Harvard. Oh, my God. 
And blondes do have more fun. Don't judge a book by its cover. Boldly going where no blonde has gone. It's kind of lame. I, I feel like your low-hanging fruit go-to lines were better than these. Yeah. Oh, and the one on the poster says, this summer, go blonde. <laughs> so yeah, needless to say, didn't appeal to me as an 11-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was probably, that was a skip for me, you know? Wow. Uh, I was too busy watching cinematic masterpieces like The Mummy Returns oh my God. and The Rush Hour 2 because... <laughs> I knew good movies back then. Oh, it's so Mommy funny. Mommy Returns at the Rock. How many WWF superstars were in this movie? Oh, I hate mummies. I understood the concept right off the bat. You know, she was going to be a ditzy, like a Barbie type, going with a bunch of snooty people who looked down on her. Uh-huh. But she chose them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I got the concept, but um, I didn't know... I didn't really know, like, what the level of comedy was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be... Like a super broad comedy for a lot of people, or if it was going to be more like a, a little more drama with some funny, you know. So I didn't really know like what to expect tone wise besides the blonde jokes I saw in the trailer. Whoa! So it never came up in conversation with friends, or no? <laughs> All right. I remember one point to you a few years ago. I confused it. I have no idea what the sequel is. Like I've heard, I've, I know I've seen the title and stuff. Yeah. But one time you mentioned Legally Blonde, the first one, and I was like, "Oh, that movie where she has to become president or whatever." Jeez. And yes. you got real mad. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The sequel. I mean, well, I want to talk about it later because I'm curious. I purposely didn't look anything up, but I want to talk about the sequel. But it's called Red, White, and Blonde, right? Yeah. yeah. Or that's the tagline. Oh, I thought it was. Like it's Legally, legally Blonde to Red, White, yeah. and Blonde. Yeah. Yeah. So that one has something to do with with, with elections in office. I don't know what she's doing, <laughs> but. It's nothing to do with that. (laughs) It's red, white, and blonde. She's like, I'm in America. Okay. We'll talk about it beyond the credits. All right. Ah, Let's go now. Oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, But yeah, that's about it. I got nothing else on it. Like, haven't really thought about it since then. I enjoy Reese Witherspoon, though. Election came out two years before this, and I really liked that movie. Cool. So I'll probably do that at some point on the podcast. Ooh. But I'm trying to think what else. Reese Witherspoon. I mean, Walk the Line was really good. Mm. I never yeah, saw that. Yeah, she was great in that. Looks I didn't, too sad for I me. didn't see it, but did you see that movie Wild where it's like her like backpacking no. through like the wilderness? No. No. Oh, supposed to be one of those like she carries like it's like a one person movie, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, like Reese with the Spoon. It was funny to see Luke Wilson because I feel like outside of Wes Anderson movies, he never gets cast anymore. Aww. Um Wes Anderson, you know, he, he stays true and cast the Wilson brothers all the time. Wow. But I feel like he always had less roles than Owen Wilson. Honestly, I only really knew him from this movie, Luke Wilson. Oh, really? So I think that's why he's my favorite Wilson. Wow. Um, not going to lie, I had wow. a huge crush on him growing up, <laughs> too. On the Wilson? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> You don't even like Owen Wilson. <laughs> no, I, I, I like o- Owen Wilson. Luke Wilson was on that 70s show for a while. Oh, was he? He played Ashton Kutcher's older brother. Oh, snap. Yeah. That's cool. I'll, I'll go look up that episode. Oh, but no, it's, it's a string. Or episodes. <laughs> yes. Watch them. I'm kidding. Don't watch them. <laughs> so for me, of course, I can't remember the first time <laughs> I watched this movie. I'm pretty sure Shocker. I did not watch it in theaters. <laughs> but I do think that sort of that Barbie-esque look appeal to me as a you know as a young girl Mm -hmm. so i probably picked it off the shelf at blockbuster and i think that 
the whole premise of and you were like a movie starring Mooney. <laughs> Fuck out of here! I was like, "There's a dog in this movie." <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Not even a dog. We're talking Mooney. Oh yeah, yeah. You were following his career, probably. <laughs> but I think that this being a like female empowerment film, yeah, and just all that being a sort of you know having that romantic factor of she's gonna win the guy back mm-hmm. uh appeal to a preteen you yeah, know yeah, like yeah, a, a, a preteen like me uh-huh so i think this was just right up my alley at the time i feel like this movie was tapping into a lot of the spice girls girl power vibes that were kicking it yeah. real hard like the britney spears yeah kind of like glamorous girl yeah shebang going on <laughs> So those were the vibes I was getting from Reese Witherspoon's character that she definitely would have listened to some Spice Girls. Oh yeah, it's probably every generation, but I feel like our generation in particular really grew up on hardcore stereotypes or like at least this movie speaks to a lot of the stereotypes that were relevant to our generation dumb blondes sorority girls or whatever yeah and i felt like those are were easily recognizable which is what drew me to the film seeing how those stereotypes played out in this movie and i do remember you know not really being able to predict how this movie was going to play out oh yeah i think it was a little different or at least i remember this film being more of a surprise to me I don't remember any marketing for this movie, but I feel like they didn't really show that she was, in fact, smart mm-hmm. under all that. Like, you had to watch the movie to get that. So, yeah, I I love this movie, obviously. <laughs> and I wish I had more stories related to it. But, again, it's very quotable and they're very, there, are, there are a lot of iconic moments in it. So, I love this movie. It challenges how people are perceived and... That whole notion of judging a person just by how they look yeah, and the stereotypes that you apply to them. And it really speaks to staying true to yourself. And it challenges the notion of seeking the approval of others, which I think really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, if it's being a female and only child or whatever, but I just feel like it's very relatable. You don't have to be a girl to enjoy this film you don't have to be blonde to enjoy this film it's just the messaging at at the end of the day really resonates even though it's you know framed in this uh, blonde sorority girl yeah. like frame i don't know uh-huh. you know what i mean no, yeah, I get i'm it. i'm having trouble finding words today <laughs> but uh i think i think you get it so why i think you'd like the film obviously comedy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you love comedy, but I feel like this is a movie where, yes, there's there's a lot of opportunity to sort of go over the top with it, but I feel like the comedy is very grounded, and even though it is a comedy, they take themselves seriously, which I thought that you'd appreciate. Attack the problems, yeah, in a grounded way. I was going to say realistic, but it is a movie, so it is over the top in that sense, but every movie's over the top, because mm-hmm. there'd be way too many coincidences. <laughs> yeah, they don't go too over the top in terms of the comedy going clashing with like the story going on sometimes with these they go so silly with the jokes that you end up losing all focus on you know the stakes Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ah, stakes. Uh, so i appreciated that they did kind of keep it grounded in that sense where l's goals were never 
aside just to like a, an over the top gag. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. They wrote the jokes in line with where the story was going and like the the needs of the characters and things like that. So I appreciated that. And then also, it was broader humor than I was expecting because it was marketed so much to like twelve year old girls mm-hmm. that there were some jokes that actually I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting. You know, like stuff that would have went over their heads. Right. So it wasn't a, it wasn't like a quote unquote kids movie in that sense, mm-hmm. just because the aesthetics looked like something that a twelve year old girl would have in her bedroom. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the the comedy was definitely the the thing I was sinking my teeth into on this one. Nice. Um, and I just love the cast. I like movies like this, especially comedies when they just cast like so many funny people, even yes. in roles that only have one scene. Yes. And then so you you that's always a treat. So you'd be like, I know that guy. So I had a couple of like, oh that guy, and then he had no. <laughs> Nothing to do with anything in this movie, but like just because I know it from something else, it yeah. got me excited. <laughs> yeah, that that was my second bullet too. Great cast. Mm-hmm. I I feel like the casting in particular for this movie was very thoughtful, and in my research, it really felt like sort of similar to how Holes or like a Cinderella came together. Like everyone just really fell into their roles pretty quickly and just worked well together and it was one of those like moments on set where just everybody vibed you know what yeah. I mean and just out of curiosity was this uh was this made like written for Reese Witherspoon it was not so the studio and first of all Universal turned down this movie <laughs> which shake your my bums. head your bums. <laughs> uh, but I mean it's fine it worked out uh, MGM ended up picking picking this up and they actually didn't want to cast Reese in this role. The director was very passionate about casting Reese Witherspoon for this role and had met with her a couple of times. But the studio thought that her as a person was actually similar to the character in the movie that you know her from. Election? Yes. Uh, a little bit, but not really. So No, I wouldn't. Like I don't I, I haven't seen Election. Uh-huh. And maybe I hope it's election, but they just they knew her from another role, and they were like, "I don't think she'd be right for this." It was either it had to probably be an election or Cruel Intentions. I feel like those mm-hmm. are the two biggest movies she was in. I might be wrong. I didn't like scour her IMDb, but right off the top of my head, I'm sorry I didn't write the movie name down. <laughs> those were um, those were huge movies, and they came out like two years before this. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, long story short, they didn't really like her for the role, so she had to come in a couple of times and audition for it, probably Mm -hmm. more than um, any other person uh, needed to, and ended up landing it, I think, with the full-on support of the director. One person that was considered for this was Christina Applegate. Oh, nice. She's great. (laughs) Yeah. So the script came her way, and I saw a bunch of clips. You know, people have repeatedly asked her if she's regretted not going out for the role of Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm. And my favorite response was when she was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. Uh And she was like, I'm happy that I didn't take the role because Reese did it better than I could have ever done. And she ended up being way more successful than me. So what's there to regret? <laughs> <laughs> like she, you know, just yeah, went yeah, straight for the funny. comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, she's awesome. I Apple freaking Gate's love her. successful. Yeah, she is. And it was cool too because it was an interview. They were promoting their show on Netflix. Did Dead to Me? Dead to yeah, Me. Yeah, yeah. And who else? Linda Cardellini. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's they were so yeah. both couple, tied to that project. A couple years later, Applegate would be an anchorman. Because I am good at three things. Fighting, screwing, and reading the news. 
Now I've already done one of those today, so what's the other one gonna be, huh? So I thought that was pretty cool. And I don't know if you know this actress, Chloe Savigny. Isn't it like Sauvignon or something? Yeah. I think I do, but I I can't even say the name right. Uh, Well, they were considering her for the role of Vivian, uh, which was Selma's role. Got it. But I thought that would be more exciting to you, Uh, but clearly not. (laughs) I had her down as villain girl in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. (laughs) I couldn't remember her name. (laughs) Well. I I remembered Elle Woods. (laughs) Yeah. And one last thing before we dive into the movie, because I don't really see a place where this will naturally come in during our conversation, is this movie opens with uh, a song called Perfect Day, yes. which you have choreographed a fun dance move to. <laughs> Me? Yes. That's not true. I wish this was a visual medium. <laughs> this is false lies. All right. I'll try, false I'll, accusations. I'll try and get a boomerang, folks. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um but spreading misinformation but i just want to give a huge shout out to hoku who's the artist behind this song Uh uh-huh freaking hoku man there were three songs that she created around this time like she was huge on the disney channel for Mm -hmm. me and many other kids my age yeah her songs were on repeat on disney channel and radio disney perfect day another dumb blonde and the burrito song or unless i hope i'm not is that how it goes no Um, (laughs) oh yes yes no i was right perfect day another dumb blonde and uh the burrito song also known as how do i feel Uh, i've never heard any of these (laughs) that is crazy i think i might have heard perfect day before we saw this movie Probably, uh, but I couldn't tell you. Another Dumb Blonde was on the soundtrack of the Disney Channel movie Snow Day. I know you were a Nick kid, so probably didn't... Wait, no, I thought I saw Snow Day. You did? That wasn't Disney Channel. That was a Nick movie. Oh, it was. Yeah, my bad, my that bad. That had Josh Peck and... Uh, yeah. What's her name? Harriet the Spy. Harriet the Spy? Yeah. Do you mean... Uh, Buffy's little sister. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, dang. I haven't seen this movie in a while. Oh, man. And Chris Elliott was the evil snowplow man. Wasn't the girl from Degrassi in there, or was that another brunette girl? Um, I don't know. I never watched Degrassi. Oh, okay. Damn, you've never watched Degrassi? No. Nah. I, I mean, it's I not co- really I, c- I clearly seen Snow Day enough to fucking <laughs> memorize it. <laughs> but yeah, she just made... I, those three songs in particular, I loved. And I was watching or re-watching the music videos before we started recording, and it just brought me back. Wow. It's crazy how songs just can define an era in your life. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a great song, and I feel like it just aligns with this movie so well, especially how they have the song at both the beginning and the end of the movie. Yeah. One of the cast members had mentioned in one of their interviews that when it's placed in the beginning of the movie, you know, it's a perfect day. It ends up not being a perfect day yeah. for Reese's character, but at the end it actually is. So it was just like a nice, nice tie-in. Nice little, yeah, nice little bow to put on the movie. Yeah. Nice. Cool. So if you're cool with it, I'm down to start heading into a non-spoiler section. Let's dive it up. Right at the top, we open on this... Perfect day. <laughs> yes, I guess so. On uh, what is a West Coast college... What do you, what would you call this? Like Greek Row? 
I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> it's misleading at the top because it looks like you know all the her sorority sisters are getting together to sign a birthday card, but in reality, they're signing a card to wish her best wishes for a date. Yeah. That she's having with her boyfriend, who she thinks she's going to propose. Yeah. So she feels like she's at the the top of of luxury right now. Like she's the queen of the school, the number one most popular, best looking. Best boyfriend about to get engaged. Exactly. Perfect day. And what I love about this opening is it really dives into the stereotypes of Greek life and sorority girls and all of this. Yeah. But what it does is it plants the seed in this beginning opening sequence where she's getting ready to beautify herself for this date. Yeah. You have this small scene in the store where a clerk is trying to rip her off by selling her a dress that is out of season and on sale, yeah. but for full price. And it just plants the seed that, you know, even though she is this perky sorority girl, right off the bat, like you could tell she's got some smarts. That's yeah. That's why I wrote my note of looks and brains. <laughs> I was like, nice. aye, aye, aye. So I I love that. It's not that you know, throughout the movie, she's going to go and then get smart. You know, yeah, yeah. she is already smart. She has it's all that. It's just the... how she applies it. Exactly. She applies it to her Kardashian-esque lifestyle. Yeah. Actually, in this era, it would have been a Paris Hilton-esque lifestyle. Because uh, the Kardashians weren't big. Oh, yet. true that. Yeah, Paris Hilton Hilton's. was the OG Kardashian. Oh, my God. 100%. <laughs> Tell me not. No, I will. I agree with you. <laughs> I will. And also, you get a taste of just how fucking filthy rich this girl is and pretty much everybody in this movie oh yeah that's <laughs> insane well, not everybody there's a couple characters who aren't but yeah it's like jesus christ that's the only thing i think about now where i was like i wonder if this like came out fresh now like without the nostalgia if people would be as into sympathizing with the rich this hard you know like <laughs> so much of our media is kind of like the opposite of that now Absolutely. so i just would find it funny if like mainstream we would all be like shut up you fucking spoiled <laughs> ass like well even so they were a little worried about this back in the day in 2000 uh-huh. producing this film making her l woods a character that viewers can empathize with yeah so they they had a lot of the discussions about you know how they could do that you know making her more of a sort of naive or i guess innocent yeah she's always looking at the world in a positive light yeah i mean yeah, they pretty much make it so she doesn't have like a bad bone in her body right like she means well with everything she does and anytime it goes bad is because she's like n- naive and messes something up yeah she's never like malicious or mad or hates anybody and like yeah she's not rude to the sit yeah. like she she talks to the sales clerk standing up for herself yeah exactly but she always first looks for the good in people yeah which I love. Reese Witherspoon, how she just turns it on as Elle Woods. Yeah. From just her walk alone, having that arm stick out. Yeah. It's yeah. just so symbolic. No, I got to agree. Like, if someone who was going into this without any, you know, off the bat, the movie's not going to immediately appeal to be like, oh my God, look at her purse, you know? Right. But. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Because <laughs> that's what I thought when yeah, I saw right, this. Yeah. Oh my God, look at her purse. That's what the ladies do with all movies, right? They're Jeez. like, who's got a purse I can check out? <laughs> uh, joking. <laughs> this is one of those roles where it, it just could have been forgettable if it was in, if it was somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like she she was exactly the right person in the role to do this. And I can, re- I can see right off the bat, I even wrote like pretty early on that She's so likable in this role. I could see why they made a sequel immediately. Like, mm. where they were like, let's just do this again. Like, you know, this is working out. <laughs> yeah. So I get it. So, yeah, she was great casting. Oh, that's awesome. So I do want to talk about the restaurant scene 
between uh, Warner and Elwoods. Yeah, because this kind of sets up everything. Exactly. So she thinks she's good. She thinks she's getting proposed to. Yeah. And that was that whole beautifying scene you were talking about earlier was her preparing for this night. Exactly. And Warner is introduced to us as this Prince Charming who I guess doesn't get weirded out that all of these girls are lined up as he's coming to pick up his girlfriend for yeah, me. Like, <laughs> his whole lifestyle was goddamn weird. I, would, I, don't, I was like, I don't want to hang out with any of you people. What are we uh, doing here? Yeah. But he is handsome. And it's like, you know, I... He looks like a great... He looks like the good guy. Yeah. And it's not until this date where he literally cheerses to to us. When yeah. He's, cheers About, to us. Yeah, when he's planning on breaking up with her. Exactly. So you get the vibe real quick that he's kind of a jerk. I mean, he's kind of like a sociopath where he was just like... <laughs> you know, he's just... He basically called it like the blonde whore where he's like, you know, you marry Jackie, not Marilyn. You know? Exactly. Like, <laughs> Like, you're the one I have fun with when I'm young and not, you know, so that. Absolutely. So the reason why I was laughing when I was doing my research and you were like, what are you laughing at? (laughs) Is because Reese was talking about how the director, first of all, this is the first scene that I think they filmed for the movie, if not the first scene that Warner was on set. The director had pulled Reese aside and was like, I just want you to scream in his face. Like, I just want you to go crazy, go nuts. Like, and, and obviously didn't tell the guy who's playing Warner. Yeah. And so that reaction is an actual real reaction. <laughs> nice. she, she screams in his face and I had to rewatch it. And it's just so <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> you could tell he's about to break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that, so that's good. That's really funny. I, I love when directors do that. It's just yeah. so, like, just to get it out there. That's, that's amazing. pretty great. Um, but, yeah, that's why I was cracking up. But, yeah, the uh, Warner Warner breaks up with her, and she comes to the conclusion, you know, he, he basically tells her, you know, you're not serious enough for me. Like you said, you're more of a Maryland than a Jackie. Yeah. I'm trying to become a senator by the time I'm 30. Yeah, I'm going to Harvard, <laughs> so, like, I need some Harvard girls. Exactly. He doesn't say that specifically, but that's what she gets mainly out of it. Yeah. So... I kind of want to throw to you here uh, if you have any additional thoughts on how she comes to the conclusion that she needs to get into Harvard Law School to get her boyfriend back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. And uh, it's kind of what you touched on this earlier, what I think sets this apart a little bit from more generic comedies of the time is that I feel like in a worse movie, the plot would be I need to go to Harvard to get my boyfriend back. And then that's like the movie. Mm-hmm. But I like that they almost do that as like the start of the setup. But it's really just, it's more a movie about her, like learning about her potential. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of just the, the thing that like kind of kicks her awake as opposed to what the whole movie's about. Um, and I, I mean, I kind of saw it coming because it's not, you know, I've seen movies before. Um, <laughs> so, so I knew that it, the last scene wasn't going to be them making up and kissing under the rainbow. You know, like I knew. Right. They they set him up as too much of an asshole that I was like, yeah, this is this is gonna be one of those movies of like, I don't need no man type thing. <laughs> I didn't write it down, so I don't remember the exact parts, but I was chuckling a, a good amount in that part. Like it had a good couple of couple of lines. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. When she makes the decision to get ready for Harvard Law School, we have to talk about her Harvard Law essay. Oh, <laughs> we just the, have to. The essay or the video? Oh, sorry, her video essay. Yeah, the video essay. <laughs> Yeah, that might have been one of my favorite like comedic parts is that whole essay. She hired a a cop a, a Coppola. Yeah, yeah. Which I never caught. Maybe I listened to that line, but I didn't know at the time. Like who that family was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I just found it hilarious this time around. Yeah, like a Coppola. Like I wonder which one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny too because you were like, "Oh, that's a nice dolly in." Yeah, yeah. That's what I was because 
<laughs> I'm so used to that in these movies where like characters like make a video for themselves and or TV shows, and then it always has like way higher of a production value than they would with their home camcorder. Yeah. So I was like, for 1999, like how does she doing this herself? And then that, would, that line actually made me laugh. I wrote it down. I was like, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, and she's like super sexualized in the video. She's always in her bathing suit and everything. <laughs> it's like I can't explain how iconic this video itself <laughs> is. Kim Kardashian actually did a version of this for Halloween, I think, two years ago. Really? So the video's online if anyone wants to check it out. She did a pretty great job. That's hilarious. But they're <laughs> going to say Ariana Grande put it in a music video? I feel like it might have been one of the uh, movies she tapped into in the, for in the, one with the, bring the it Thank on. You Next. Yeah. yeah. It might have been. I haven't seen that video in a while. But yes, she not only... Uh, does this incredible video, but actually puts in the work to study for the LSATs. Yeah, they kind of they they make her a four student in her major to kind of give it to be like, well, she's already smart in in that sense. So yeah, yeah I get it though. You got to get the movie started, and you know, it's not a movie about whether or not she's gonna pass the test. You know, that's so I, I yeah, I didn't yeah. mind it. I thought I thought this part was kind of funny and watching her two like ditzy girlfriends. Oh yes, like oh. bumble around like idiots. I have a funny story about them. What do you got? Her ditzy friends are played by Jessica Calfio and Alana Ubach. Okay. And these ladies are fantastic. So I saw... One thing I love about COVID is that it's... One thing I love about COVID. There's so <laughs> the... many things to love about COVID. <laughs> the only... But one of the main the things... Only one I mean, there's too <laughs> much good to even count. I mean... So... COVID. COVID sucks. I should establish <laughs> that. But one of the benefits or one of the <laughs> one of the positive outcomes of covid is it sparked it has sparked all of these virtual reunions and one of them being legally blonde coming together virtually nice. for a 20 year reunion which was awesome and i i watched it it's real quick it's actually uh moderated by chloe from snl the blonde chloe Feynman. yeah nice. Re- reached out to her because chloe had done a great she did a great impression of reese witherspoon uh, legally blonde and nice. she's like you can can you moderate this thing but uh jessica shared a fun story jessica's the blonde friend where she i guess had already gotten the role of, of the friend and they were auditioning who would be her counterpart and she had w- gone to the bathroom and Alana was like, you know, in the mirror, like getting ready for her audition. And she kind of just, she has that like outgoing personality. And she was like, do you have red lipstick? I need red lipstick. Like, just yeah. like that, you know? And she was like, sure. And she just kept talking about like, do you have the friend role? I want to, or like, I- I'm trying to get this part. I need to make rent, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And just Jessica found her so funny and so like forward that she ended up vibing with Alana in the bathroom and then they ended up planning the audition sort of like prepping like That's what awesome. kind of how they're going to play off of each other for the audition so when she came in they obviously had great chemistry That's and everything awesome. and she basically helped her get the part <laughs> just because you know she was like a fun person she bumped into in, in the bathroom That's cool <laughs> I I wish Alana and Jessica were in more of the movie cuz their personalities were just so fun and they're actually best friends to this day from that one encounter. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> awesome. And one of the things I liked about Alana too, I'll say real briefly, is she told a story about how, you know, when they're at the nail salon trying to cheer Elle Woods up mm-hmm. after just breaking up with Warner, there's a scene where she's talking 
to the Viet- Vietnamese woman who's doing her yeah. nails. So that was completely Alana's idea. So it was just originally supposed to be that like dialogue, you know, them complaining yep. about Elle. And she had talked to the woman and she was like, how do you say this? How do you say that? <laughs> and so she asked the director, like, can I just try this out? And he was like, yeah, sure. And I got the vibe that this director is sort of like, what's his name from Dazed and Confused? Yeah. Where he kind of just let the actors, you know, explore and do whatever they want. Nice. So she had asked if she could do do something fun, and she ended up, you know, scripting that and working with That's the Vietnamese hilarious. woman to That's do awesome. it. That's awesome. So I was wondering, I was like, <laughs> I wonder if this actor already knew how to speak the language, so they just decided <laughs> to put that in there. No, she was like, the Vietnamese woman's like, great job, and they did like one take, and it ended up being in the movie. <laughs> That's great. So of course we wouldn't have a movie if. Al Woods didn't get into Harvard. Yeah, she passes her LSATs with like a good great it was I forget what it was like one seventy five or something like that. One seventy nine. Um fun fact, that would put her in the top like 0.5 percentile of- <laughs> someone who's never n- usually people who go to law school do pre-law and you, you take four years of classes where you're like getting ready to learn that kind of stuff apparently that's like not fully the case all the time yeah but i mean that might be true i don't really know what i'm talking I don't about know. the uh this is a dumb side thing that doesn't really mean anything but uh when we see the group of admissions guys yeah one of them is the guy from the last scene in Community in the last episode. Remember when they're doing the fake commercial for the Community board game and it's that family? Yes. And there's the the, the guy who's like, you stupid child. We don't exist. We're oh. characters. That was him. Oh, snap. And that was when I paused the movie. I'm like, this note's going to take a long time to write. Oh, but that's hilarious. Uh, what is it? It's a script of a fake commercial at the end of season six starring this family. Sorry, Dad. Guess I win. You stupid child. Nobody's winning anything. Don't you see? This means we don't exist. We're not created by God, created by a joke. We were never born and we will never actually live. Yeah, like nothing to do with this movie, but I just liked him from that. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. I loved that when you paused the movie, it paused on the binders yeah. on the desk and it said Harvard <laughs> like on them. Yeah, I yeah. was like, just in case you forgot. Yeah, just stacked like Harvard, Harvard, Harvard. <laughs> So, of course, you know, they didn't actually shoot at Harvard. I think they shot at a couple of L.A. schools on the West Coast. Uh But they ended up getting, you know, some over-the-head shots of Harvard just, you know, for the outdoor stuff. Nice. But I do think that this was my first exposure to East Coast, West Coast stereotypes. (laughs) You know, for with this movie, I... I, growing up in New England, I totally like the the sweaters and like the sort of, I don't know, looking down upon like people who are more chill and less uh, yeah. talked slower. Or whatever. I mean, actually, Al Woods talks pretty fast in this yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. So that's the one stereotype I think that they don't uh, lean into. But uh, Yeah, I think it was more her, her like her like L.A. foofiness of like putting your dog in outfits and yeah. having everything be like loud and people carry your shit. Yeah. Oh my god! I, how I wish we would have moving trucks like that oh, to like yeah. have moved into our apartment. <laughs> have cash like Elle Woods. Speaking of cash, I know they're only in one or two scenes, but her parents are pretty awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the guy with the martini. Yeah, that guy made me laugh. The, <laughs> it kind of gave me that. Also, that's why I was like, it's pretty funny how well adjusted they made her because her parents don't seem 
They're not bad, but they're also there's nothing about them that makes them seem like good parents. They're just kind of like around, and they have a lot of money, and the dad seems to love martinis. Oh like, yeah, you know? <laughs> lawyers are for people who are ugly and exactly. boring, and yeah, you are none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like almost like they wanted like a trophy daughter, you know, like though yeah. you have like a trophy wife. They wanted just like oh, it was like a so weird true. thing to say. It's like they wanted just like a hot daughter who was like the talk of the town. <laughs> I, I want to go back to the author of the novel that this movie is based on, mm-hmm. Amanda Brown. So while she was at Stanford, she sort of faced what Elle faced, having been someone who was going to law school, but also had, she was very passionate about fashion and just like how she looked and stuff. So mm-hmm. she ended up experiencing negative, she, she ended up having negative experiences because of that so people didn't take her as seriously as other law students and i think she did a great job of including some of her personal experiences in this movie because we're exposed to just a few people a few minor characters at this law school especially right off the bat when in uh while l is in her orientation group you know, everyone's yep. introducing themselves with, and they all have these like ridiculous accolades. They're all kind of yeah. showing off. <laughs> but I like too what it showed with Elle was like, I feel like an easy way to go with that scene is to have her get super insecure and then maybe start lying or this and that. But she never gets too worried. Like she's never too worried herself about fitting in. Oh yeah. So she just proudly lists her accomplishments, even though they're nowhere near academically the same thing as these guys are doing oh yeah yeah the, the group of students i felt like i recognized a good handful of them mm-hmm. i was trying to figure out where and i didn't look it up but i think the lesbian girl i think she was in night at the roxbury oh snap. which is a saturday night live movie with will ferrell and chris Catan. oh that's cool i want to because i've seen that a bunch and i think i recognized her because her voice is pretty distinct yeah um and i'm trying to think i feel like i recognize some of the other ones but i couldn't remember dang I felt like they did a great job of making fun of like a stereotype lesbian like her yeah. without like being rude about it. Mm-hmm. There's this whole scene that happens at a party later on where she's talking to Warner about having the school or she, she she's talking about petitioning the school to change semesters. Y- yeah, vesters. that was one of the jokes I wrote down where I was like, is that what I think it is? <laughs> So is that a semen joke and an ovary joke? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that, that's what I meant where I was like, yeah, I don't think any 11-year-old girls are laughing at that. Yeah, I that joke didn't went over my head when I was younger, yeah. but it's so amazing. So that's actually based on a true experience that she had at Stanford Law. That's so funny. Where like the, 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 the author. The author. Yeah. So when she, so when Amanda first started at Harvard, um, at Stanford Law, she she saw a sign for like a women's law group and she was like oh i don't make friends here and half of the meeting was this woman talking about how for three years she'd been petitioning she'd been petitioning to change it from semester to ovester and so she put it in this this story it's just based in reality it's (laughs) crazy that was a pretty clever joke for like the -the over-the-top feminist like yeah (laughs) want to change the name to ovester yeah and that's where we pretty much get um the group of I don't want to say the group of villains, but basically she runs into Warner. He, as obvious to us as the audience, has no interest in being with her. Right. You know, she thought if I go to Harvard, then he'll see me as yeah. an equal and fall in love with me. But he didn't give a shit. Just the fact that she got in, she thought would be enough. Yeah, and then that's when she kind of realizes that uh, no matter what she does, it won't be enough for this guy. And I think what drives her to keep trying is finding out that he's 
just recently engaged to Vivian, who's played by Selma. Yeah. And man, she does a great like blank face if I ever saw her. Yeah. <laughs> this character was crazy to me because they wrote I thought they wrote her so villainous for the first half of the movie uh-huh. where they gave her nothing like she was she did nothing but snarl the whole movie <laughs> anytime l would come on screen she would just get so pissed and, and all her dialogue is about how much she hated l yeah she would just fucking prank l talk mad shit to l just that's why i kept calling her villain girl uh, and you know villain vivian yeah and then you know there's eventually like a turn and i'd Percy didn't buy it. Like, I was like... Really? I was just like, this... Yeah, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll, I'll wait till we get there chronologically. Yeah, but. I will argue against that. Oh. I can't wait till we get there. Oh. <laughs> Round one. But I mean... Fight. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear, you know, once Elle lays eyes on Warren on campus, she kind of forgets that she's in law school <laughs> because she has a series of bad experiences in the classes she's taking. Yeah. Being unprepared for everything. Mm-hmm. Literally everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I I just love how that's established right off the bat and just you sympathize with her because obviously you're, you're sort of rooting for her to get the guy back-ish, but you kind of want her to succeed yeah. right in law in law school so i think the turning point for her is really at the party where vivian in a cruel way invites her over but tells her it's a costume party yeah <laughs> and she comes dressed like a house bunny right uh i Starring think the inspiration Paris. yeah for house bunny absolutely well also, i mean that's what playboy bunnies dressed like so I don't oh know. maybe not yeah, okay they were just both dressed like playboy bunnies oh my bad <laughs> <laughs> how do you know so much about that no I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah it's at this party where you know she she's talking to warner and he's basically like they're they're talking about the internship that is going to be available for her class of law students yep. right and he's like, oh, you're never going to get that internship. And she finally realizes that no matter what she does. That's what I, yeah, I was confusing that with earlier. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like you were saying, she's never going to be good enough for him. Yep. Which kind of inspire, which then inspires her to actually be the best that she can be. Yeah. And that's where like the turn comes from the traditional, like, I need to get back with the, my boyfriend to, mm-hmm. you know, basically what makes it, it's still kind of a rom-com but it, it kind of subverts some of the tropes here mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i freaking love a great montage it's rocky but with books yeah <laughs> books and looks books and looks <laughs> damn that could have been that could have been the name of the movie books and looks yeah <laughs> all right she had the looks but now she's getting the books Ooh. also you didn't mention in the class where she gets torn to shreds by the professor that mm-hmm. yeah, that professor is like a no nonsense lady. Oh yeah, that she ends up meeting, and uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't really watch it that much, but I think that's the mom on Two and a Half Men. Is it? I think yeah, I think that's Charlie. Holland Sheen. Taylor. Maybe I don't know her name, but I feel like she's the American Maggie Smith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense. She, yeah, if she had a, if she had a better accent, she could have been in Harry Potter. <laughs> or maybe she wasn't Harry. She was in Two and a Half Men. Yeah, yes, she was the mom, right? That's crazy. I don't know if she was the mom, but I just see that it comes up. I felt like when whenever I saw up. that show and that character, they were. I felt like they were always going for a Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. Oh, like yeah. Like they were going for that, but it was just never, never, uh. never quite that. I mean, it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? Ten dollars? But yeah, she totally gets ripped to shreds, but in a polite way. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is a good point to start talking about Jennifer Coolidge in this movie. 
Milf. <laughs> Milf. She's the original Milf. Oh, is she? Yeah. How how so? In American Pie, she plays Sean uh, William Scott's mom, and when John Cho sees her picture, he's the one who coins the term Milf. Oh, he's snap. like, that's a mom I want like to fuck. Wait, are you telling me that term didn't exist before American Pie? No, it was yeah, it came out of American Pie. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And then he starts chanting Milf, Milf, and then uh, the nerd character ends up sleeping with her at the end, and everyone's like, "Whoa, he slept with Sister's mom." That's crazy. <laughs> and is all pissed. That's awesome. So yeah, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, the original MILF. Yeah. I just felt like it was the perfect sort of mini subplot to have in this movie. Yeah. I just feel like every anything else that was happening in this movie could have either been too serious or like just too silly. Yeah. Because we're kind of already playing in that silly realm. Uh-huh. I just felt like this was just the perfect amount yeah. of silly. And I liked it. Yeah, I agree. And I liked the... Uh, her performance because the i don't know too many jennifer coolidge movies but the main two i know are american pie and uh she's in down to earth right the ex-wife of the old guy oh yes you're right oh my gosh yeah oh love her so basically those two movies she plays similar like incredibly sexually aggressive characters yeah and it was funny to watch her play like the timid shy other end of the spectrum (laughs) Where she is like not aware of her femininity because she's so dorky and weird. Yeah. So it was cool to see that because I never seen her play that. She always plays so aggressive. Where, you know, she. Yeah. I would say the same because yeah, she was also aggressive and mean in the C- Cinderella story with starring Hillary. Ah, okay. Huh. I never saw. It. Oh, and you will. Oh, <laughs> two Cinderellas in one podcast. I mean. Uh, yes, I mean the Brandy Cinderella is obviously always number one, but we're watching five Halloweens. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm like, yeah, we're watching five Cinderellas, five right. Halloweens. Listen, it's a Cinderella story. It's not. Oh. It's not Cinderella. Okay. All right. Um, but yes, <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge's character as the sort of, I guess, I, not necessarily a sidekick, but sort of who Elle Woods is able to confide confide in. Um, yeah, she's got nobody on this on this side of the world. Exactly. At the nail salon. Um, One cool bit of subtle storytelling I thought too was when she tries to call her friends back home to get some like support. Mm. You can tell she's already grown in uh, like enough that she can't even vibe with them the same way she used to. That's true. So she kind of calls them seemingly to get some kind of just comfort, homesickness alleviation. And then they're, they're just talking a bunch of shit, airheaded nonsense. And she just can't even relate, and then it just makes her feel like more lonely. I thought that was like yeah. a good subtle piece of the story, right in the middle. You know, she's too too far away from her old friends, but not close enough to her new life that she's building towards. Damn, I told you there are layers. Uh, yeah. Did I not say you there just, are layers? Yeah, in their hair, you said you said their oh, hair okay. has love foundation and layers. Here we go. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge is weirdly flirting with the UPS guy. <laughs> but yeah, for like like barely flirting, just kind of <laughs> yeah. like staring creepily. <laughs> And since we're talking about the nail salon, we got to talk about this iconic bend and snap. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, let's do it. <laughs> Which I'm now convinced that you think is what happened. I think that this movie is going to sh- create the structure of what you think happens at nail, nail and blue. <laughs> yeah, you all get together and bend and snap, right? <laughs> I thought this shit was crazy. I'll be honest with you. I never. I this probably was in the trailer, but I don't know why. I never never stuck with me, so I don't. I didn't remember this from uh-huh. marketing or anything. I don't. I f- I don't know how you would fit but that in a promo. When Elle just starts the thing where she's like, "This is as like a ninety three percent chance to get a guy's attention." I'm I'm making the numbers up. Yeah. It, 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 with a sixty eight percent chance of a dinner invite, 
I thought it was going to be some kind of like subtle, like, like bat the eyelashes and like show some leg. Then a, the whole bend and it looked so weird. And I was like, never, if some girl did that, I'd be like, is that, is that a sign? Like, what am I, I don't, I don't know about this 90% chance to get an invite to dinner because you bent on the floor and then jerked your body. Like, it didn't look sexy at all. No, you look at the bum and then you. <laughs> and I know, I'm just saying, but like, then they would end up in this weird, like, when I do my silly T-Rex arms, like, that's how it ends. And I, was just, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a classic movie. I thought it was going to be like. This whole, like, real, like, sexy, seductive thing. And it was just so silly looking. Apparently, this was a whole musical number that was going to happen in the film oh, that no. eventually got cut. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> no, I mean... That would have taken me out I big was, time. Uh, I was trying to find it. I feel I feel like I would have been into it. My pet peeves are non-musicals that have musical numbers. Damn, that's a pet peeve? I don't care if, like, if it's, you know, something like Sing Street where they're playing songs like a band. Yeah. But when it's... Nothing, when is all of a sudden everyone knows the same choreography, but it's not a musical, uh, you know, like Jungle Book did it. And I got so furious, or like She's All That, which we've uh, brought on a little bit, yeah, but that's even different. <laughs> they all know, they all knew the move. Oh, I, I'm sorry, they they all rehearsed, all yeah, the they, they at least put a line in there. I'm talking about like Clerks 2, I'm talking about the Jungle Book, the okay. 2016 one, all right, yeah. If you're not going to establish everyone sings and dances together, I can't all of a sudden buy it three quarters in. <laughs> I just love the bend and snap. <laughs> I, and lo- <laughs> I love the bend and snap. I remember... Okay, so one of the things I used to do with my friends, and I, I think you know part of this, is I would frequent the mall, yep. the Providence Place Mall, just no money. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like maybe money for the food court. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have money, I'd just grab a few samples or whatever. But anyway, we would frequent the mall and often go to like stores like Nordstrom and just try on all these clothes that we obviously could not buy or yeah. afford. But it was just so much fun. And I do remember one particular moment where we were dry- trying on different clothes and doing the bed and snack uh, in the dressing room. <laughs> and I have, wow. a f- I have photos, actually. That's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. The bed and snack. And snap. <laughs> I just, I love that this idea of abandoned snap just came this through idea. like a random brainstorm that the writers were having. Uh-huh. Just like, what could they, like, what could be the thing that they do? And just like one of the writers was like, I think they, they could probably had like a couple drinks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, what if you bend and snap? And it just like ended up being part of the movie. It's <laughs> oh, weird. Uh, it's so iconic. And, the best part about this scene for me is the male hairdresser coming in at the end. Oh my god, the bended snap <laughs> works every time. <laughs> I would argue it wouldn't work at all. It's so weird and like spastic and jerky. Like it's not like elegant and sexy or anything. Like I think that's what makes it comedy. Yeah, yeah it's fun. I know, but yeah, but it never like. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it does pay off in the end. Yeah, but the comedy later comes from her fucking up the bend and snap, <laughs> not from doing it properly. And then the guy being like, "What?" <laughs> I, I, yeah, that would have been making fun of the bend and snap. Oh my gosh, you can't talk about Legally Blonde without talking about the bend and snap. <laughs> it, it, do they do that wax sequel shit where they like make an excuse to do another bend and snap scene in the sequel? <laughs> I actually, I haven't. If I'm being honest with you, I don't really remember 
the second movie that well. So she might become president. You just don't uh, remember. No, she definitely does not <laughs> become president. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't remember if they brought back the Ben and Snap. We're going to bring totally cute outfits to the fighters in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> My levies are reinforced with double pink steel so they won't break. <laughs> so let's fast forward a little bit to... Elle's been, been excelling at school and ends up being one of four students, including Warner and Vivian, who get the internship at the law firm for her professor, yeah. played by Victor Garber. Uh-huh. And of course, you find out that Emmett, who's played by Luke Wilson, happens to be one of the associates for this lawyer. So yeah. Emmett has sort of been... He's really sprinkled in this film, right? He offers Elle some words of advice and sort of he like consoles positive. her, yeah, after exactly. after the first beat down in class. Yeah, gives her gives her advice on professors or everything, so they kind of get to know each other better working under uh, Victor Garber's character. Yeah, to do a quick one second rewind to me talking about how over the top they wrote the villains like Vivian and the crew. Uh-huh. When Elle starts like taking things seriously. She like walks past them with like four books in her hand and they all stop what they're doing and go like, oh, are those books? And I was like, could these people be more like mustache twirling villains? Like, <laughs> like our, our enemy has books now. <laughs> I love it. Like blonde's a blonde with a book. Like it was so like. I love it. They were treating that. it as if like blondes were never considered people i I know i love how over the top it is (laughs) and i also love that these like law school is after undergrad right? yeah so yeah they're yes exactly so i just love how these are presumably like 24 year olds exactly so i love how like high school it is there's even a scene where Elle is walking past one of her classmates talking to a girl trying to ask her out and she's like i would never go out with a guy like you yeah exactly (laughs) i'm just like it's like, are we in grad school or yeah. just being a 24-year-old, like a professional? You, yeah. You're in the work field at this point. I thought that a lot about Elle at the movie where I was like, I feel like you're a little too old for a lot of this shit. <laughs> like the fuzzy pink pen. Like, you know, like some of your shit's just like, <laughs> you're going to be 30 in five years. Like, I don't know. About I don't know. This. You like what you like. Like, I'm... I'm in my late 20s and I still love the Cheetah Girls. I'll pop that in. No, I know. I know. But I just like... I like a lot of dumb nerdy shit too, but when I got to be professional, I'm not going to put on my favorite Avatar The Last Airbender t-shirt and walk out. You know what I mean? Like, I know when to put that shit aside. Yeah. But she's just like popping around with all this, her fucking fuzzy box of tissues and shit. Honestly, she's just being true to herself, which is the message of this (laughs) entire movie. I just picture her in her like 50s and how weird it would look. (laughs) She's still doing it. I I loved watching your reactions to some of these scenes. <laughs> one of the moments watching this with you that made me so happy was one of the first scenes in the courtroom that happened during her internship. So Victor Garber's character, and I, I'm saying Victor Garber because I forget the ca- the professor's name. Uh, his, uh, his name is King. All right. Uh, Cinderella. Oh, yes. Or um, Mr. Warbucks from Annie. My uh. favorite uh, rendition of Annie on film with Audra McDonald. His name's not Daddy Warbucks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, eh, uh, sure. What, I'll the, give he- it to what you. the hell is Daddy Warbucks? Because Annie, he adopts Annie. Spoiler. Uh, okay. All right. I think I've heard it in a rap song or some shit. Maybe. Maybe War- Jay Z threw it in when he did Annie. <laughs> He's with like, Daddy Jamie Warbucks. Fox. 
When he did Jay-Z wrote the fate that song like 20 years before that movie oh, came out. Oh my bad. <laughs> song came out like 1998. <laughs> so Victor brings on his students to help with the murder case where this woman played by Ali. Yeah, who is this? I, I feel like I knew who this was, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I wanted I, I hope want... I mentioned her at the top because she's fantastic. I didn't want to look it up, but I Ali Larder. I, I'm gonna need an I'm gonna need an IMDB rundown. She it looks like she's in the resident evil movies mm, i feel like i saw a bunch of those but i don't remember not since i was like 12 i know you didn't see it but she was an obsessed with beyonce and idris elba final destination oh that's what i know her from she's uh, clear rivers oh does she play clear rivers in final destination clear rivers yes yeah what a stupid name <laughs> clear rivers is that is that symbolic of her character is she Probably. clear i don't remember i don't like the and movies. does she flow like a river i don't know what it is Sometimes with bad horror, I love the I love the worst horror ever, but for some of them, I just don't like it. And I don't like Final Destination. <laughs> Damn. It bores well, me. I'm glad I don't have to, to watch that. But anyway, Ali's character is on trial for murdering her husband. Long story short. Yeah. And she also happens to be a Delta Nu, the same sorority that Elle Woods' character exactly, is from. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah. sort of immediately bond on that level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have that iconic line that Ali says to her, like, at least someone on my team has a brain. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I, say all this to say that one of your laugh out loud moments was during the trial, her pool boy, Enrique, yeah. testifies that he's been having an affair with Ali's character. Yep, because they're, yeah, which would give her reason to kill her husband. Exactly. And... Moments before, Elle Woods is going to the water fountain, you know, to get a sip of water in between, re- in, during recess, and she's, like, tapping her shoes because he cuts her in line, right? Yeah. And he goes, don't stomp your last season Prada shoes at me, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and from this, we fall into, a, you know, a stereotype, gay men, no designers, straight men don't. Yep. And I felt like Warner embodied you in this moment <laughs> when Elle Woods goes like, what kind of shoes are these? And he goes, uh, black ones? <laughs> like, I just felt like that was you. Yep. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. Elle tells the team, you know, Enrique's gay. Like, there's no way they had an affair. And Emmett, Luke Wilson's character, sort of takes that on because Victor's like, well, whatever. It's yeah. dumb blonde, whatever. And he corners Enrique on the stand. And it caused this laugh out loud moment for you which made me very happy where he kind of tricks him into answering what his boyfriend's name is yeah it's like almost a joke in like looney tunes where you get someone to say the opposite thing you're saying uh, so yes. if, if you want them to say rabbit season or duck season then you go rabbit season duck season then you say duck season they say the opposite yeah it almost was like that that's yeah. what it reminded me of but yeah but i i think you might be confusing my laugh out loud moments because i laughed oh, out no. loud after this and it was more at the silliness of the Oh situation. yes, sorry, you're right. Yeah, because I got a chuckle out of this, out of the name part, but I, I wouldn't say I was. A no, no, no. Yeah, you're completely right. It's when he he goes, oh, um, Chuck, Chuck is just a friend, referring to his boyfriend, and his boyfriend stands up in the courtroom and is like, "You bitch." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part was funny. <laughs> oh, I was so happy. <laughs> yeah, all that, all that part was pretty funny. I could see that. Uh, by some younger viewers being seen as insensitive yeah. by saying all gay people no no shoes, but for the time period, that's pretty low stakes in terms of yeah potentially offensive gay humor. 
from the 2001 era. So mm-hmm. I think this gets a pass. Yeah. When Elle is helping Jennifer Coolidge get her dog back from her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. And she that's the first time she tries to use like her lawyer powers for good. <laughs> powers. And uh, she doesn't know shit yet. So she's just like jibber-jabbering as a lawyer jargon. Yep. And that reminded me so much of Always Sunny. Because Charlie always wants to pretend to be a lawyer. Uh-huh. But he doesn't know shit about <laughs> lawyering. So he's always trying to like talk lawyer speak. Nice. And it comes out as nonsense. And that's that scene just reminded me of that. And it made me laugh. Now not- mind you, the heretofore document had had dry ink on it for at least many fork nights uh, here to... We end. signed it a long time ago. It was a long time ago signed. I love this scene because it's the first time you realize that Elle... Or it's the first time Elle realizes that she might actually have a passion for this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just so heartfelt. And you kind of forget all about Warner. Like, you forget the reason why she's she started here in the first place. Yeah, it's almost like she this was her goal her whole life was to become a lawyer, you know? Yeah, I love that. Um, I want to touch on, before we jump into spoilers, though, because we kind of t- talked about it a little before, but we didn't go into it, is the turn of... Is her name Veronica? Vivian. Vivian. The turn of Vivian um, from being the coldest bitch on the planet <laughs> to then becoming Elle's like new best bud. Not yeah. best bud, but you know, yeah. in, in her inner circle of friends. Right. They're not, she's not making fun of her yeah. with her uh, other friend anymore. So this is why I thought it didn't work. Oh. Why, why, or at least when it first happened, I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. So I already had mentioned how I thought she was like the coldest person in the planet. Every single scene. Like yeah. she just was nothing but a sour puss who never had anything going on other than hating Elle. With every fiber of her being, you know, like, to the point where she would, like, make out with Warner in front of her just to be, like, bitch, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even in class, she would, like, say something snarky and then look back and be, like, fucking bitch, you know? <laughs> so, all she, she was just the most negative person in the world. And then the scene where her and Reese Witherspoon bond and start to become friends, the only thing they bond over is her talking mad shit about Warner and her boyfriend. So, I feel like she just went from... Elle came into her life, she was like, I hate this bitch. And then she just went to Warner and just talked mad shit for like three weeks of just being like, fuck her and fuck her and fuck her, blah, blah, blah. And then like Warner pissed her off and she was like, I don't fuck with guys like you. And then she just went over to Elle and be like, isn't Warner such a fuck boy? And like, like all this stuff. And I was just like, yo, you just seem like a bad, like a toxic person who's just always like, like you're going to be on a fucking reality show in five years because you're going to bring the drama. Like she's she's a classic Christine. You know, uh-huh. from, from selling something. Uh-huh. Wow, look at you. Quoting two, not one, but two reality shows. You make me watch these things. <laughs> so I was just like, man, I, that's that's red flags to me as a person. If I was meeting someone new and I was like, the only thing you want to bond over now is to talk shit about the person I used to date and now you're dating and they're not even in this room. Like, I was just like, yo, back up, lady. Uh-huh. So I didn't give a shit about her. I thought she was a bad person. Oh, and, and every time she I was supposed to feel bad for her because all she does was get the coffee. And I was like, well, maybe if you fucking opened up to some people and was actually like a well-rounded person instead of just being pissed off all the time, then mm-hmm. better things would come to you. Interesting so take. I, I, so I didn't like her. Well, <laughs> I don't think that... I think bonding over Warner and how crappy he is as a person was secondary to how Vivian was treated as a woman in law yeah you know what i mean like they bonded over that first over the fact that no matter what victor garber's character always asked her for coffee and never warner like that was the 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 start of their bonding. yeah i understand that so i think that 
that just opened the door to, and obviously they can't get into a deeper conversation in a film like this, but what I got the sense was they were able to bond over being a woman in an, in an industry that is male dominated. I think that's really what the meat of their bond. Yeah. Was. I get that from a writing standpoint, but if when I'm, when I look at the actions of the character, mm-hmm. nobody was meaner to L than Vivian. Right. So it's like, I'm not going to buy your sympathy of, women are persecuted and we need to stick together when you were the coldest one to any new woman coming into the crew. Mm. So then once the tables were turned and you weren't in power, all of a sudden it was a sympathy show and we needed to then feel bad for you because basically once she realized she had no more powers to terrorize Elle, that's when she like went on her team. And I, I don't know. I just, I didn't like the way she, okay. she acted. It seemed like a snake, like it's like a chameleon changing her ways to, 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 to be winning. Well, <laughs> yeah. let me argue, let me argue this though, because right before this scene, we have a, um, Elle has been sort of fighting or standing her ground on not giving away the client's alibi, which yeah. would essentially save her from being sh- tried for murder. Yes. And she just, Everybody keeps attacking her, trying to get her to give up this alibi. And then Warner steps in and is like, you know, just give the alibi. Just think about yourself and what this could do for your career. And I think at that moment, it was a realization for Vivian's character, realizing that she's been standing up and showing off a guy like Warner, who she doesn't approve with what he just said. She's been doing that for what like she's just like i've been doing all this crappy stuff for this crappy guy yeah yeah and i think that was a turning point for her character to realize that that's pretty she's been a bitch (laughs) for no good reason yeah yeah so i think that's really what was her change of heart there i think i'll i'll yes 100 percent. i agree with that i think the mainly the one that rubbed me the wrong way was how quick Mm. and again she learned her lesson twice in the movie because then later Something else happens that makes her turn on L again so quickly where it just made me be like, did you like, are you just always mm-hmm. like kicking the person who's the downest? Like what, like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. but, I see, I see where you're coming but from. But I get your, I wasn't really thinking about the thing with Warner saying that line and being like a turning point. So it's not as egregious as I made it out to seem, but I still, <laughs> I still stand by what I said, but yeah, you had a good, good reasoning there. Yeah, I, I think you're valid. I think it is representative of how women are conditioned to sort of stand up for a man before you stand up for a woman. Yeah. Or kind of like how we're naturally pitting ourselves against each other when we really don't need to be. Yeah. So I think that's what they were trying to touch upon here. Right, but yeah. I see where you, I see where you're coming from. Because like they did something similar with the the mean teacher, the Charlie Sheen's mom, mm-hmm. and I bought that way more where in the beginning she came off antagonistic to l and like oh oh, this lady's a bitch like watch out she's she doesn't like you Mm -hmm. and then in the end when she ends up being on l's team i actually like believed it i was like oh yeah like she saw this person grow and respects her now like you know like that to me that seemed like a similar storyline that they did with the same characters but when they executed with those characters i believed it more than with vivian Uh interesting yeah well Let's talk about those turning points in the spoiler section. Might as well. Let's go there right now. What would you like to talk about first? I guess after the whole proving the pool boy was gay, they kind of got like their first little like mini win in the in the case. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Victor Garber brings in Reese Witherspoon to kind of give her like a pep talk, you know, give her a good job, right. which, you know, um, quickly you could kind of tell before it even happens, but it starts to turn to like him wanting some sexual favors. 
And I kind of like it too, because if, even though we've seen L, us as an audience have seen L working hard the whole movie, it kind of makes you question all of that because he's kind of been in charge of her progress this whole time as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, was she actually earning her way up or mm -hmm. was this guy just giving her extra treatment because she was hot and eventually he wanted to make this move. And, you know, in normal L fashion, she would, she just says she wants none of this and she leaves. Right. And then also what I was just saying before, before about Vivian. Vivian. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I call her Veronica so bad? <laughs> Vivian, she sees the quick second of Victor Garber putting his hand on, on, on Elle's lap. Mm -hmm. And then that's when she turns on Elle again and she storms away and she's like, oh, she's been sleeping her way to the top. I knew it, blah, blah, blah. Right. So yeah, that, that was really when it lost me where I was like, I know the movie's going to tell me at the end that it's about women working together, but this specific character, mm. I think she's kind of a bad person. I see. I just think she's so quick to, yeah. And again, yeah, she does learn her lesson. Like, I know it's not like, right. it's not egregious. It's just, I didn't quite care for her by the end and didn't i wasn't sympathetic to her plate mm. as i was the other characters like i was jennifer coolidge and shit like that right interesting i i guess i'm a little more forgiving um with vivian but i totally see your point yeah if she wasn't just so mean in the beginning like if she wasn't <laughs> just like this bitch like, <laughs> yeah she was a little aggressive with yeah. her or or they would have had to give a scene where she gives some kind of speech where she was like I didn't realize that I was doing to new women what the men were doing to me. Mm. And like, like she would have had to like really sell that she learned the lesson. Right. As opposed to just being like, but I get coffee, you know? And right. then all of a sudden we're like, oh, women shouldn't have to be doing that, which is true. But you have to, you have to still write a good movie besides just have a, a, a point that makes sense. Right. Because it's a good point to make. Yes. You shouldn't be having women just get your coffee while the men make the decisions. Yeah, totally. But you also, you're making a movie here and you got to. <laughs> it's, to me it's got to be sold three-dimensionally right okay yeah. yeah she does jump to conclusions pretty quickly and actually i just remembered too one of the deleted scenes i mean i know you talked about how their bullying is kind of a little over the top yeah one of the deleted scenes is at the party that uh she invites l to there's actually a scene where everybody's betting on how long l will last in law school and l bumps into them uh -huh. and is like what are you guys doing and they're like we're betting on how long you'll last <laughs> Jesus so Christ. i just wanted to let you know that that existed but uh, got cut <laughs> yeah that's that's a pretty petty high school shit i know but yeah to 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 come back to this scene i love what you said about questioning whether all that hard, like if she got there because of all the hard work or yeah. is it because of the special treatment because of how she looks. Yeah. And that is honestly what goes through your mind when you're in Ella's position mm -hmm. and the many women who have been in positions like that just being like, am I actually good at my job or is it because yeah, exactly. of all these other things? So I just, it was a very great way to depict that. you know. And it was a good way to show it with a character like this who we've already learned just from her actions that she would never go for that kind of thing mm -hmm. and so even though there are women who do do that it's it's easy to see how even if you you know make all the correct choices you can still be put in that box or perceived that way absolutely like she did nothing and under any at any point except you know not except but like outside of 
her video where she like dressed, you know, in bathing suits. <laughs> Like, nothing else in the movie was her using, like, sex to, to get her, what she wanted. Yeah, even when she was making that video in her bikini, it was because she thought it looked cute. It wasn't to, like, yeah. look, bring, you know, uh-huh. to get her way. Yeah, yeah, know? so there's no other scenes where she's, like, like pulls her tits out to, like, get something. You know yeah. what I mean? It's all sort of, like, this naive, you know, to her yeah. that she has. So then that's when she quits the case. Yeah. Because she's like, fuck this. And then the, the murder lady decides <laughs> the murder lady murder lady decides that she wants l around more so than victor garber and fires him and ali's character finds out about what happened to l and why she left the law firm through emmett's character yeah who is the last person that l bumps into before leaving mm-hmm. and i love their interaction he believes her right off the bat and is kind of just supportive there as much as he can be in that yeah. quick moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just really shows. And he's, I think, the only man in this film who actually looks at Elle in a respectful manner. Yeah. You know, and you really get that he, the sense that he cares. Mm-hmm. And I love that that isn't overshadowed by the rom-comness that it could have been. Yeah, yeah. It was all about, you know, she was assaulted and. You know, he didn't have to be the hero that saves her from this and barges in the office and punches him in the face. Like, it's not about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, She has to sort of overcome this and find that she, yes, she is skilled and she she didn't get here just because of her looks. She has the smarts Mm -hmm. despite, you know, what he did to her. And one last thing I want to mention, it's easy to... I, I mean, I've never been involved in making a feature film, but... I love how in a comedy like this, they really paid attention to detail in terms of the wardrobe that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because once Elle gets the internship, Elle's not wearing pink anymore. You know, she's wearing all black, yeah. grays, and all this. She's conforming, essentially. Mm-hmm. So when he puts, you know, the the last time we see her in black is after that assault scene. Yeah. Um, which I thought was very representative of she's sort of lost sense of herself up to this point. She's kind of been sort of being who people want her to be. She still has a sense of herself, right? But yeah. she's kind of lost it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not until she comes back um, to represent Allie's character then that we see her pink, pink again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the, mm-hmm. the, the poster outfit right there. Exactly. Um, this, this is the scene where I laughed out loud <laughs> for how silly it was because... They fire Victor Garber, and then they, and then he's just like, "What? What? Uh, who, who's gonna represent you?" <laughs> and then the the two doors swing open, <laughs> and every single person in the courtroom swings around dramatically to see who's <laughs> coming through the door. And it's Elle in her big triumphant moment. And I literally thought, I was like, "Were the people in the courtroom watching the same movie I'm watching? Because why do they give a fuck who this lady is or why she's like, you know, like if it was normal life." No one gives a shit that an attorney walks in the room. Like, love it. It was double doors, it was Andy. So ridiculous. I was just like, what are these people looking at? Yeah, you did laugh out loud at yeah. that moment. Yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts on this interrogation piece. The interrogation scene. First, yes, and I will start this out by saying, how did it take you so long <laughs> to recognize Cardellini on the Linda stand? Cardellini? How? I never seen her with hair like that. Jesus. You know, I got face blindness. Oh. Oh my god i don't know i don't recognize nobody <laughs> she'd literally been on screen for like 20 <laughs> minutes and, and like 20 minutes and you're like 
Oh, <laughs> it wasn't twenty minutes, but it was. She was. She had a whole scene, then left, and then the next time she was on camera, that's what I saw. I was uh, waiting for something. Uh, I was like, I guess. Fuck, I love Linda Cardellini. <laughs> she never had hair like that. I guess so. There were so many layers. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I want to get into into this conversation about uh, hair. Yeah. Um, this scene was good. I liked that uh, Elle was still super nervous and not that good at it. I think it would have been m- more unrealistic. Or it would have been unrealistic if she just came as like a super lawyer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. she still was like fumbling and nervous and not that good. And then it was kind of her. She's like, my my inner skills of fashion will get me through this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty funny. I thought the, the angle they went to figure out that Linda Cardellini was the one who killed her father was like, it was like, funny you know it fit for Elle's character yeah yeah i will say as a w- girl who was well educated about perms at that time in my life uh-huh. it was sort of like a, a slow build because i knew where they were going with it oh, but yeah. I, I guess for someone like you or like somebody who doesn't know about perms it was like a oh snap moment well i mean i had a pretty strong feeling that she was gonna win at the end of this movie yeah. like i didn't i didn't really wasn't worried for that but i'm saying that twist in particular yeah 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 so I, yeah it was gonna be something about fashion or makeup which is gonna be like nobody lays a two-day foundation without <laughs> a one-day conditioner yeah you're lying uh yeah but it was cool i love seeing linda cardellini this would have been right after freaks and geeks yeah she's so good at I, developing tears so quickly yeah because i hadn't really seen her in much between freaks and geeks and scooby-doo yeah she was great as velma I will say, too, I didn't know this originally, that was going to be the last scene of the film, uh, just her winning the case and walking out of the courtroom. And going to heaven. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those fucking doors opened up. It was just pure white. I was like, what? Did she just die? (laughs) So that was the original ending of this movie was going to be, you know, she wins the case, blah, blah, blah. And then I think there was initially going to be a cutaway to the to like a year in the future yeah. where Vivian, her and v- Vivian are obviously best friends. Vivian dyed her hair blonde and they're handing out post uh, flyers for a blonde legal defense club at wow. their law school. And it didn't test well. And like everyone was like, it doesn't feel like big enough. Yeah. So, but at that point they had already wrapped everything shooting wise. And so they were thinking about when they were ideating like how to make this a big moment they found in the testing that people wanted more of a revenge moment like sort of with her and warner the storyline yeah. felt like that wasn't really close uh-huh. and they also wanted to know like did she become a lawyer blah blah yeah. blah like we needed more of a wrap-up so the confrontation with warner as well as the graduation scene at the very end were two add-ons that went oh the nice script. yeah yeah and they're so iconic. I just, <laughs> I always get amazed when there are iconic scenes that like weren't originally supposed to be a part of. Yeah, it. yeah. I freaking love how she t- claps back to Warner. With I was the surprised that that was an add-in because yeah, you would think that they seeded it in the beginning with the same line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they found a perfect line to you know, if I want to be a yeah. partner by the time I'm thirty. <laughs> oh, so great! But the graduation scene in particular was shot in England because at the time both Reese Witherspoon and the guy who plays Warner they were both shooting in that in in England. Uh-huh. And so they had to sort of revolve or um shoot around where they were. Uh-huh. And so if you look at it closely and also I should mention at this time 
both Luke Wilson and Reese Witherspoon had changed their hair for the new projects that they oh, were in. Wow. So they're both wearing like wigs. Yeah, yeah. And essentially they shot everyone separately uh-huh. and cut it together in That's post. That's funny. So I always wondered like why that scene looked different from every other scene. Yeah. But I think they did a pretty great job. Well, I thought they were just playing like an homage because every teen movie in the 80s ended with the title cards telling uh. you what happened later. I want to say Animal House was the first one to do it, mm-hmm. but it's been done a thousand times where like people are doing something and then it freezes and it's like, they went on to blah, blah, blah. So yeah. when they did that, I just thought it was like an homage to that style of comedy because it was technically this was like a college comedy, yeah. like not really in the stereotypes of a college comedy, but it's a comedy that takes place at college. Right. So I thought, they, I thought that was them just like paying homage, but also now that you told me that it makes sense that it was like a easy workaround to a scene where they couldn't film everyone together so instead you just freeze frame and write some words yeah i did find it funny that like like i thought the scene that you brought up with warner her getting her like revenge clap back on warner was awesome like that was like a perfect good writing you you brought it back from the beginning you know nice full circle but then to like also at the end to then be like warner never had anything and he's a piece <laughs> of shit and dies alone and yeah. i was just like yo this movie really like, Love it. <laughs> like i was like they really subtlety is not the name of the game here is yo, it <laughs> i live for those closing subtitle yeah. like what happens to them in the future i remember they make fun of, they do it good on community i remember there's a there's an episode like a where they Troy and Abbott are trying to do the ultimate college movie experience. Yeah. And the episode ends with them having a food fight and then ending in, like, all the little word bubbles. Troy and I are pledging the cool fraternity, and unbeknownst to us, we're actually the target of ridicule and don't have a chance in hell of getting in. Yeah, they're making us walk around with pretzels in our butts. I put mustard on mine like an idiot. I'm half embarrassed, half not, but when you think all of those, all of those summaries of where their futures are are done, it cuts back to Emmett. And it's like, he's going to propose to Elle yeah. tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. You were probably like, oh. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was so freaking excited. I just remember being like, oh, my God, he's proposing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, so I wanted to ask how many of these, do all these things that they say ring true in the sequel? Yeah. So Luke... Uh, or Emmett and Elle are together in the okay. sequel. They're married at that point, I believe. So Vivian, I'm pretty sure, shows up or is her best We're friend. We're watching the trailer after this. Yeah. I'm sure it's not great. But they're best friends. No Warner, of course. Jennifer Coolidge and the UPS guy are married. That's funny. In the sequel. and uh, oh, So everybody came back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't remember the sequel that much. I do remember that it's all about Elle being part of a law firm and... Maybe she starts her own law firm. I could have looked this all up. I'm sorry. Well, we're going to do Beyond the Credits anyway. So. Oh, yeah. But it's all about uh, she goes to court for animal, uh, standing up for animals somehow. So Bruiser has more of a bigger, or has a bigger role in the sequel. Oh, uh, wow. That's weird. Yeah. I really, by that title, I thought she was going to run for office. <laughs> Not president, obviously, but I thought she was going to like right. I think try to like be, go up for an elected congresswoman and they're going to be like a blonde, sexy congresswoman? I don't think so. I think it's in D.C. because it ends up going to the Supreme Court uh, or something like that. Again, all information I could have looked up, but I'm yep. sorry. I'm just going off <laughs> here. I wasn't a huge fan, clearly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if unless you have anything else, I think we can best worst it out. All right. All right, let's start easy. Best worst quote. Ooh. I'm so tempted to choose. Oh my God, the bend and snap works every time. 
I freaking love that. But I also love Jennifer Coolidge's line when she gets her dog and she's like, I'm taking the dog, dumbass. Like, I don't know why it's so funny to me. I think nobody else could have made this role as funny as Jennifer did. Yeah. That's awesome. She's so unique as a person. Like, I've never... Where did she come from? I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. She's very unique. Yeah. I love it. Nice. What about you? I don't really know, but I might pick the one we were talking about, the clap back at the end with if I'm going to be a lawyer by the time I'm 30. Oh, what? Yeah. 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 Nice. Oh, honorable mention to Enrique. Don't stomp your little ass season <laughs> shoes at me, hon. <laughs> All right. What's your worst line? Um, I really didn't pick. Of course you didn't. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, for my worst, I'm going to just pick anything Warner says. Because <laughs> he's clearly the villain in this movie. Yeah. Uh, actually, hang on. I want to change my line to a funnier one. Because I like what, when you said it reminded you of me. What, the, what kind of shoes oh. are these? Oh, uh, black. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. That's that's pretty good pick for yeah. you. You didn't. You just said anything one character says. Okay, that, you that's didn't think of right. one I'll think of one. All right. I I love the. You're supposed uh, to be I'm, saying your worst. Yeah. <laughs> I love the. <laughs> okay, I have a worst. What do you got? I've got a package. <laughs> <laughs> Low hanging fruit. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I can't think of one, yo. I don't know. I don't know the movie as well as you, so I can't like recall it as well. That's hard. None of the trailer uh, lines stuck out to you as like a corny one or something. Mm. All right, I got when she fl- when she first pulls up and has the people bringing her luggage in. Someone's like, "This isn't L.A., honey." <laughs> that is actually yeah, uh, yeah. The line was kind of. That's corny. a pretty great one. <laughs> All right, I did character. Oh, okay. I picked Coolidge. Oh, <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge. Cool. She made me laugh. I like a weird, awkward character. Yeah, I, I kind of, I need to go with Elle Woods here. Wow. I know it's mad basic. Boring. I'm sorry, but she's just so freaking charismatic. Superman's my favorite superhero, and Harry Potter's my favorite Harry Potter All character. Right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm being basic here, but you know why I love Elle yep. Woods. Yeah, I'll give it to you. And worst? I know there was worse people than her, but based on what I said before, I'm going with Veronica. Damn. All right. Veronica, right? Yeah. No, it's... (laughs) Yeah. God, you... uh, What's Bugs Bunny (laughs) I Bugs Bunny you right back. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I I just didn't... I don't like the cut of her jib. Yeah. At least everyone else was like upfront that they were pieces of shit. Mm. <laughs> well, I I actually wouldn't say that because my worst is her professor played by Victor Garland. Oh yeah, no, that's what I said. Like m- morally, there's worse people than her. Yeah. But for me, like the worst character was her. <laughs> like 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 I, I just was like fuck you. Yeah. Well, I I would say just the betrayal of looking up to someone and just having them betray you that way. It's yeah. So heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I re- I really felt for her there. So yeah. that character, I just thought. Yeah, I mean, really him, yeah, I agree. Him and Warner were like the worst characters, yeah. like objectively. But if since it's a personal discussion, I yeah. fixed her. I will argue that Warner was always crap. Like she had all she needed to do was pay attention. Exactly. And he, she would have yeah. known that from the was first a scene. Character. Yeah. He reminded me of the the boyfriend and bring it on. Oh, uh, Aaron. Yeah. I got the door tour put that in there can't, can't mac on the parentals he pretty much sucked cool what do you got so the last one i'll do because they're all so iconic best worst look Ooh. so much thought was put into all the looks in this yeah. movie and i just 
I feel like we need to do a best worst on it. Nice. What's your best? This is going to be hard for me, so go ahead. Okay, so I'm actually not going the basic route here. I've had an obsession with this look for as long as I can remember. And you're definitely not going to remember it, but the courtroom scene where the pool boy is on trial. Yeah. I, and I, I'm sorry I'm forgetting her character, but Ali's character, the woman on yeah. trial, is wearing this blazer mm-hmm. that is like, the print is a newspaper. And it looks so freaking good. And she looks so good in it. Huh. And I just, if I could own that blazer, man, I would rock the hell out of it. It just looks so good. Wow. So that's actually my favorite look in the nice. entire movie. You're right. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> I'll yeah. show it to you after this. Oh, crap. I don't have a favorite look. Um... <laughs> you weren't looking at, you yeah. were like, yeah, black ones. Yeah. <laughs> just... Reese Witherspoon in a swimsuit. It's my favorite look. <laughs> <All right>. Okay. <laughs> Oh, we're going there, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you need to be talking about fashion. All right. <laughs> That's where you go. <laughs> That's where you're going. All right. I have a, I have a worst. Yeah. T- go, yeah, go for I'll, it. I'll, take, I'll give her and her admissions video. That's best. Okay. Um, Worst? I, I mean, well, they do a good job of making Veronica... V- 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 Valerie. Valerie. Vivian. Vivian. Vivian? Vivian. They do a good job of making Vivian look bland and boring every time she's on camera. Oh, yeah. Like, her clothes are just dull. Like, she's got no flair at all. So, I could easily go her at any point in the movie. Totally. But I thought when Elle was, shows up to, like, the dudes playing football to make Warner jealous. Yeah. I thought that was pretty absurd, whatever she was wearing there. Like, I don't know. Like, it was, like, this, like, super bright pink pants, like, leather tight pants. Uh Then, like, a bra and then... Some like fuzzy ass thing that goes over your shoulders. I would argue that it's essentially the same look as your best, but just with a fur jacket on top. And pants. All right. <laughs> it just looked like a weird combination and like it didn't necessarily scream like sex appeal. It just seemed like a weird, it was like two clashing on the eyes. That look doesn't work for you and the bend and snap doesn't work for you. Nah. <laughs> just... Just, just good old fashioned, just get in a bathing suit. That's all I need. Jesus. <laughs> I don't need nothing fancy. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. What's and your my, worst look? My worst, there's nothing wrong with it, but when her Elle's first day at law school, she dresses the part and is wearing like this old school like blazer yeah, with a yeah. tie and a jacket. Like it's just a lot. And, and then her just, fuzzy pen. <laughs> yeah, it's just over the top dressing for the part. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just I'm just gonna pick my worst because nice. it's so over the top. Awesome. All right, so cool. shall that was my last best worst. So why don't we just go beyond the credits? Do it. So why don't you tell me uh, a little bit about what you were thinking here? I think L runs for president because she Still. is red, white, and blonde. Uh huh. No, I mean, I, I, it's not my own fault for asking you about the sequel earlier, but I kind of wish I didn't because now you told me things that uh, happened. Sorry, but you know the little text wrap ups kind of. Don't leave too much for interpretation. Like I, I think you know they're gonna get married. She has a new best friend. Nothing good ever happens to Warner. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I think she just like follows the same path of crushing it at law school, becoming a lawyer, working at a law firm, and then uh, yeah, I guess teaching young blondes that they can succeed. <laughs> young blondes specifically. Yep. All right. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> So, like I mentioned earlier, I wasn't really a huge fan of the sequel, but I am excited and curious to see what they do because there is a, it's confirmed that Legally Blonde 3 is happening. Oh, is it? Yes, uh, with Reese Witherspoon uh, and everybody me. coming back. Excuse me. 
It's Legally Blonde 4. We have Legally oh, Blonde. I'm sorry. Listen. That is the let's true Let's talk about Legally trilogy. Blondes for a second. <laughs> I don't know nothing about this movie. I just know it exists. Straight to DVD. Yeah, this is a bigger, fatter, liar situation. And so crap. So I'm a little... crap. <laughs> I'm mad because it's like presented by Reese Witherspoon or something. <laughs> She's nowhere in the movie, but like, you know, slap her name on it. We'll get get it sold. It just looks so bad. That's so funny. It's so bad. I I haven't seen it, but like, I don't think yeah, it's yeah, worth yeah. watching. All right. I just wanted to make a joke. But yeah, Legally Blonde 3 is happening. I don't interrupt you. Yeah. I didn't um, know that. And it's going to be written by Mindy Kaling oh. and Dan Gore. Oh, I know him. Yeah, co-creative book Brooklyn Nine Nine yeah, yeah, yeah. and a bunch of other things. He's goes great. That's yeah. cool. So knowing that Reese's production company is behind this, they've got good writers on board, and they're gonna bring the cast back. I'm pretty excited about nice. it. Nice, awesome. Yeah, it could be good. Yeah, and it's scheduled to come out in 2022. Oh, nice. A lot of my movies are being like brought back to life. The Craft, right? Yep. right after now you did this. It. Yep. <laughs> Practical Magic 2. No, I'm kidding. Oh, man. <laughs> Leave that alone. Get Sandy on the, on the line. All right. So I, I, I can't believe how much I've been able to talk to you about this movie. Never in my life did I think that <laughs> we'd have a full-on conversation about Legally Blind. Yeah. But with all that said, yeah. I would love to know, Andy. Do you love what I love? I love it. Your Honor, I object. <laughs> I was doing some lawyer jargon. Mm-hmm. Hearsay for two. Doth night, therefore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um this was a pretty fun watch oh, okay. which was more than i could have said for it thinking about it that's not a good sign <laughs> so basically this falls to i'm trying to think of the other movies we did that was like this where always thought i would never like it at all turns out kind of like it pretty good <laughs> but unfortunately just don't love it oh my god uh <laughs> i need answers why why don't you love it <laughs> why don't what's what's keeping you <laughs> what's keeping you yeah, you got nothing to say because yeah, no, you love it. I don't love it. <laughs> you, love, you said all good things about the Babadook and then you were like, yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> you know you could pop this movie in and have a couple laughs. laughs. Yeah, for me personally, I mean, there were a lot of moments in the comedy that did work, but none of it got me like gut-busting laughing. So from a comedic standpoint, I, it was, you know, pretty good. And like I said, I was surprised at how broad the humor was. For something that was marketed not very broadly. Yeah, like all the things I loved, like Reese Witherspoon was great. There were parts of it that I thought were really well done, but it's still at the end of the day, like a, a mainstream comedy, which usually it's a story with a good message, but it's not the most like nuanced story I've ever heard in my life. So mm. when I watch comedies, I'm not always going for it. <laughs> Don't just snarl at me <laughs> while I'll give you my answer. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just here. I'm listening. <laughs> so I don't know. I just uh, it's you know you can see uh, everything coming before so you're working before really hard ends. here to find excuses. <laughs> so you agree? <laughs> you know, it's like Coast was a fucking bully man. Like I never, I never do this shit though. Like, like, oh yeah, yeah. You fucking tell them, tell the world you love it. No, I'm just being just... salty because I thought I had a great chance with this uh, one. Oh yeah. Uh, it just, just didn't have enough 
Andy's focused things, you know, for me. Uh, it had stakes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, kind of. You know, when she was talking about, you know, I might not be Harvard, but I still live next door to this and that. And I was like, she'll be fine no matter what happens. Like, she'll she'll find her path <laughs> no matter where she goes. She seems bubbly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, without Reese Witherspoon, I don't think this would have worked at all. I think she is the probably the main thing that brought me from not giving a shit at all to actually being like, oh, all right, when she's on screen... <laughs> She's actually like bringing shit. She's transforming into this yeah. this character. I think cast members were talking about how you know when the director would yell "cut," you would literally see her like whole body collapse because she has to be so on. Yeah, to yeah. be Elle Woods all the time. Uh huh. And she even mentioned, you know, Elle Woods talks a lot in this movie. A lot of talking, not much listening. So she was just always like on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I apologize, Masha. I'm sorry I didn't fall in love with Legally Blonde. But again, yo, I'm telling you, the the journey you took me on is a lot because I just thought this was gonna be like stupid, you Uh know? Like I was just (laughs) like, whatever, yeah, yeah, like, Uh even like little things, like in the trailer when they show the the part of the video where she goes, I use lawyer terms every day, and then someone whistles at her and she goes, I object. That's funny because. In the concept of the movie, that's her interpretation of what she thinks a law school would want to see in a video. Right. But in the trailer, you don't have that context. You just see it. So it just makes her seem like a lot dumber of a character. Yeah. Where like she thinks like that's in real life what a lawyer would do. So it just seemed a lot like on the more on the surface from the marketing. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it yeah, like I, I was I enjoyed the movie. You know what I mean? Like that's and that's way more than I thought I was gonna go go into it you know what i mean okay but yeah sorry i don't love it it's all right i'm giving you a hard time because i really love this movie okay. but i'm glad i am really happy that you at least enjoyed it yeah yeah i can totally see why this became such a hit and like important to so many you know young girls who saw it and things like that i can recognize it all it's just you yeah. know it doesn't all 100 percent speak to me but yeah it's good cool i like election better though oh all right Ugh. Okay, <laughs> I'll get over this. They're eventually. completely, completely different movies. <laughs> like there is not even. Is it not... going to be on this cast? Yeah, well. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, but it's not. It's not even worth uh, comparing them. It's. It's just. I thought it'd be a funny thing to say. Um, is Reese on it? What is is Reese in it? Yeah. With her, with the spoon. Hey yo. I stole Andy's joke. He's been mm-hmm. saying with her spoon jokes all. And to be fair, it's not my joke. People have been saying oh. that for thirty years. <laughs> All right, everyone, that's our show. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Also, if you have opinions on what we discussed, follow us on social media at LWIL Podcast. It's a great place to find out what we'll be talking about next. And as always, if you have the time, please take a moment to rate and review. Every bit of feedback helps. I'm Andy. And I'm Masha. And I hope you love what I love. Love.